Welcome, everybody, to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. I'm author and ghost historian Mike Ricksecker. With me, as always, is my co-hostess, Vanessa Hogle. And down in the chat room, our chat shenanigator, Shauna, shaking everything up. We have a fantastic show up for you tonight. Richard Case is with us. He's a paranormal researcher out in the UK, was referred to us by our great friend, Alexandra Holzer. Let me tell you a little bit about Richard. He is known as the Ghost Challenger. He's been doing this for quite a while. He has over 35 years of experience in the field. He's investigating notorious haunts like Alcatraz. He spends his time alone in reputedly haunted buildings around the world, which is then broadcast live on social media. His work has been featured on numerous radio stations, including BBC Radio, as well as in books, magazines, and newspapers. Around the UK, Richard lectures about the paranormal, as well as witchcraft, history, and folklore, which he has also studied. So, uh, Richard, we're happy to have you aboard, and you and Vanessa were having a fantastic conversation before we went live. <laughs> we were. So yeah. We could just well, pick up right there. <laughs> sure. Well, thanks, Mike. Thanks, Vanessa, for Thank having you. me on the show. Um, I'm trying to think where we were, Vanessa. We were we were talking about all sorts, really. Weren't you we? might have to recap uh, for the yeah. audience, catch them up a little. Yeah. Bit. <laughs> all righty. Yeah. Uh, what Richard and I were discussing, um, since he is based in the UK, and I've been over there um, in different areas multiple times, discussing some of the lesser known areas and and different things going around. And Richard, you said that you had a location that if I can make it back over there, you're going to take me to. Yeah, and what was interesting, do you want to tell, because you probably tell the listeners what you actually um, felt about that location? It was interesting because when you brought up that you had the keys to a location that they trust you with, immediately I felt like I was either being strangled or hung. I mean, yeah. I could actually feel my throat getting smaller sure. from the outside in. And to me, the, the, the girl reminds me of me and hair color, eye color, and maybe not as voluptuous, chunky, you know, but reminds <laughs> me of me, you know? Um, and I couldn't get past that feeling. And you said that that was very interesting. Would you tell us why? Yeah, because with that location, I've taken different people and people that don't even know each other. And um, I've taken um, a lot of the time we found that females get affected when they go to this location. And there's one incident where a young woman was in the location and she felt like she had a long scarf on. And I was a bit, you know, is it the scarf catching on the, the chair of the, the location? Mm -hmm. But she suddenly felt as if her she was been strangled or, or, or hung almost. And we've had that feeling with so many females that have gone into location, the men, nothing at all, but all the females. And they, they, and as I say, they don't know each other. They've not met. They've not. So that's very interesting that you picked up on that. It makes me wonder if there is a spirit who's malicious in nature. That's a man. That, that is does, something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We, we we do we do feel. I mean, um, we did a we did a very um, strange kind of investigation because I'm not a fan of these things that you know a lot of the modern day gadgets and um, I don't use a, any of them. Very good, very good. We're <laughs> happy to hear yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but one thing they did have is they had this um, you know like a kitten ball. You know, if a cat runs along and plays with the ball and it flashes and everything else, yeah. So it's got to be moved to actually flash. Mm -hmm. And in this area where um, we think this guy sat, we had the ball there and um, suddenly it was flashing and it was continual. And the only way it would have done it is it's been moved. And I was nearby. Nothing was moving it. Um, there was no vibration that I could notice. And it kept going on. And we were having this conversation and it seemed to be 
this guy that was speaking to me and um you know he he was well aware of the fact that he didn't get on with women and you know and then another medium to pick that up as well that that's very interesting because i i don't even know what location you're talking about i just know that if i go to the back of it and to the far right corner i'm not going to be happy and then there's yeah, an area yeah. behind it um the uh the the ground behind it grounds or ground or yard area that's directly behind that area to me almost feels like it's a part of it like things were meant to be hidden back there sure sure does that make that sense does, that does make sense to to what we're we're finding at the place and um okay. a lot to do with the history um unfortunately i can't say where the location is because no we're don't it. no but um, <laughs> but, uh Obviously, eventually. Yeah, yeah you know, she's a medium. She doesn't want to know. <laughs> I don't yeah, exactly. want to know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would love to get off a plane over there and have you drive me directly to it. Be That's fantastic. That's exactly what be I would fantastic. like to do. Um, yeah, be careful, though. She runs. I do run. <laughs> <laughs> I've been um, known to run. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, well She'll run I'm toward run. it, though. Yeah, yeah. I'll run yeah. toward it. Um, yeah. Now, you, you were talking about, um, or we were both talking about some of the lesser lesser known areas and i i feel a little bit more joy in asking you this question than i do others because generally if we say you know what's your favorite place you've ever been to here in the states they're going to tick off one of the top yeah, five yeah yeah i want to know what yours is knowing what you do trying to seek out lesser known places what is the most profound experience you've had I think I think it is going back to this place because um, this place is very active and it's not known. Um, there was some historical information we found of a haunting a long time ago, and people have said about this place. And I thought, well, let's go somewhere that's not known to people um, and see what we get. And I went there, and I was in this area, and I um, I had a, a voice recorder. Now I I, I do believe that. You know, you get EVP and sometimes you get it and it's just noise, as we all know. Good. You know, it's just some kind of, um, you know, with pareidolia, people are thinking they hear something and, and it's just it's nothing at all. But when I was there, I said, um, we come with, you know, respect. We mean, you know, harm. And as clear as day, I had a male voice going, we know. And it was like, okay. we know, you know, very distinct. You didn't need to go and, you know, analyze it. Nothing like that. You heard it straight away. It was not put in anyone's head. And that was good. That was, you know, the best bit of EVP I've had in a while. And um, I then decided to to keep at this location. And I think that more things have gone on there. And ironically, even though I do the ghost challenge where I'm left on my own in haunted buildings, and I've even been, you know, on my own in Alcatraz in certain areas, this particular location, I'm a bit, oh, I don't know if I want to be left alone in that particular area. So, yeah, that's that's one of the most interesting ones. That yeah, and I mean, I I get the whole wanting to be alone, but I, and I'm I, I'm interested to see if it's for the same reason. For me, if I want to go into an area alone, it isn't so I can prove I'm Billy Badass or nothing like that. Yeah, yeah. I want to shut out all the other stuff. Sure. The din, sure. the 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 any other sounds coming from anyone else, and just it, feel it. Precisely, because a lot of people think. With the ghost challenge, they think um, that I'm somebody that, oh, I'm going to go in and challenge them all and, you know, I'm going to aggravate ghosts because the name itself probably gives that impression. Sure. But like so, itself, so what do you mean by the ghost challenger? 
Well, when, when I first started, believe it or not, I started as a skeptic, complete skeptic on the whole thing. And I said, I believe a lot of, I believe that 98% of the paranormal can be explained by science and psychology. So I said, I'm going to start a group and I want to challenge it. I want to, you know, they say there's a ghost. Okay, I'll go in there and prove it's probably something else. So it was a little bit of a challenger. And then things happened that made me think, no, there, there's something in this because I'm I'm getting things that I just cannot explain. And um, I just kept the name, really, the ghost challenger. And it was really just to take the challenge, go in a place on my own and, and do that, but not to actually challenge a spirit or, or aggravate. Right, you're not anyone. trying to provoke. Okay. No, no, not at all, no. Um, and I think, you know, what um, Vanessa's saying, I think the more I've done this, the more I've felt better than been with a group or with a team. You know, I've been on my own. You haven't got all these flashing gadgets around you. Um, you haven't got a K2 meter that's going at everyone's iPhone that they say is, you know, turned off or whatever. Um, and it's going back to basics, going back to the basic ghost hunting, um, which is what I like about, Alexandra Holzer and Hans Holzer mm -hmm. and all the traditional ghost hunters just going back to the basic, you know, going back to where it where it all started. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's basically <clears throat> my roots. As I started uh, reading Hans, yeah. and you know, it's fantastic that I've become friends with his daughter over the years. Um, so when you talk about bringing back to basics, and you've already mentioned that you know you don't like to use some of the different gadgets. So when you do investigate, what do you bring along with you? I um I would bring along the old um and occasionally I would take the temperature you know you know take the temperature uh, I will um, take a voice recorder because I believe that EVPs can be captured I, I I believe those sort of things and and maybe a camera but but I tend to stay away from you know the um, K two meters and a lot of the other things and one thing I, I I'm not a fan of is the ghost box um, <laughs> I know a lot of people take the ghost box everywhere awesome. and. Um, you know, they say, oh, we come up with this and we come up with that. And I say, well, you're in the location and you could be, if, if you are picking up something and, and if, you, if you're picking up someone that once lived, you're picking up, you know, you're not necessarily picking up from that location. You could be picking up from somewhere else. And, you know, how do you know it's from that location? Yeah, I just don't believe ghosts talk in a radio signal. I, I that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my main issue. I, well, it's I just, are y'all talking about those spirit box? Weird yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. About the, yeah. like these the made things that people are doing. Oh, it's all yeah. the, the same. They're all related. Yeah. They're all, yeah. they're all the same. I mean, I think it's also like, um, you know, why would a ghost knock once, knock twice, you know, to communicate sometimes, um, you know, I, I, I've heard loud bangs. I've heard loud knocks trying to get attention, but um, I think there is this um, misconception that, you know, the K2 meters flash in the, the ghost boxes coming up with, this noise which you know is just sweeping a radio station you know it's a dj talking about the weather or something and you hear the word which sounds like kill and everyone's saying oh he wants to kill you and i'm saying well maybe he doesn't you know that, that is okay i have to, i have to say something here before i freeze again because you just tickled me so anytime on on a lot of these shows and a lot of people's investigations the second something happens they're like oh they're yeah, mad we're here. Yeah. They're, they're this, they're that. Or do you want me to leave demon, you know? And when we, and I've talked about this on the show before. When we were over in Ireland, we were at a, at a volatile place. Um, yeah. And I can say it now because the episode's out. We were at Moore Hall. It has a very volatile history. Sure. 
and the we our, our security person was with us. It was me and Gwen and our security person, and he he six four. He was up on a ladder taking pictures inside the first floor. That's how big this yeah, place was. Yeah. His phone was off. It was on the windowsill away from him. It turned on, turned the flashlight on, and then spun off the windowsill with nobody near it. If you were to watch that on some of these shows out there, all of a sudden it would be a demon wanting them to leave. For exactly. Us, like, exactly. For us, it was like, well, hell, that was kind of cool. And yeah. we picked it up and went about our business. Yeah. That's well, what I, I don't I, understand. I, I'm the same, Vanessa, because I believe that, you know, these people once lived and if they're trying to get your attention, they're trying to talk to you. And, and I do believe, obviously, there are people that once lived that aren't very nice. You know, sure. you know, there are there are nasty, evil people. And I believe that some locations you can get those kind of people come through. But I believe the majority of the time you're speaking to somebody, you're asking for them to communicate with you. And when they try to get your attention, what makes me laugh is some paranormal groups will suddenly go out and have a cigarette and leave it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, or, or get mad at it. Yeah, yeah, or get mad or scream, yeah. I mean, that's like that's like saying, God, I wish somebody would give me a million bucks. And then when they do saying, bitch, and throwing it at them. To me, <laughs> yeah. that's the equivalent. That is the equivalent. And I just well, I, I, wrap my brain around that. Can relate to you, Vanessa, when I was at a location, I went to one location and I heard what sounded like a a swirling dress, you know, um, up in the top room. And I ran up those stairs, not away from it, but to go up and see it. Yeah, Because absolutely. I was so excited, you know, I wanted to see the apparition. I wanted to see for myself. Unfortunately, I didn't see the apparition, but, you know, that that's how, how I tended to go go with it. Yeah, Richard, your stance on the ghost box has really kind of stirred up the chat room a bit. For one, they all <laughs> love your accent. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, like Shauna says that... Uh, You've received massive, massive brownie points from her. Uh, Victoria says, I was in San Antonio and the quote-unquote ghost box was in Tejano music. And then uh, <laughs> Lamby, <laughs> Pie 25 says, uh, or asks, so if I have a ghost box and it starts skipping and saying Billy Jean, do I have Michael Jackson with me? <laughs> this is the thing, isn't it? I mean, there, there, there are people also that, I mean, I don't want to name names or anything like that, but as soon as some celebrity dies you know they, they oh. get on to oh. yeah that um, is the most disrespectful thing and yeah, so unethical that's terrible. so unethical yes. you know um i mean we've we've lost a a great guy i mean i knew him personally and that was Derek Akora. Uh -huh. um and he was a he was a showman yes yes no doubt about it but um you know as as a medium went he was a gentleman you know as a real genuine guy and um you know uh unfortunately you know that there, there have been people saying that he's contacted him and it's caused it's just caused distress for the family, which yeah. is it's unnecessary. It's it's um, to me, if anyone does that, it doesn't matter what evidence they get. It doesn't matter what they do after that. I, I, I once I've lost respect for you, that's it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't want nothing to do with you. I, I would never work with you. I would never do any of that. Yeah, it's, it's disrespectful we, for yeah. the person to the person that yeah. passed away, and it's disrespectful exactly. to the family yeah. that's yeah. currently grieving and having to yes. go through this. They don't need to see, yeah. you know, a, a billion different YouTube videos out there of somebody trying to, to contact their loved yeah. one. Yeah. And, no. and really, I mean, so the the person passes away, and suddenly they're coming to your kitchen to talk with you. I, I don't think so. Out of everybody else, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to go to the person they loved, aren't yeah. they? You know, it's, it's not going to happen like that. And, um, 
you know, I think I think there's a lot of charlatans out there, and there's a lot of people yeah. That, yeah. that do it for the wrong reasons. And you know, we just need to be aware of those people and and just do it the right way. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. That's really all you can do. And this was a tough lesson for me, Richard. This was a very tough lesson for me because when I first came public, whenever I saw things like that, I wanted to draw attention to it. I wanted to say, sure. look at this. Why are you allowing these people to be this way? And it's taken me a few years for me to, to sit yeah. back a little yeah. self-reflection and realize I have to change the public's view based on how I operate. Exactly. Not like exactly. to how someone else operates. Exactly. And I think, you know, that's that's the way to be is to try and do it your way, show the people the, the right way, and, and hopefully that gets through to people. That's all you can do. Yeah. So keep talking because everybody loves the way you talk, self included. <laughs> it's the English accent, I think. It's I the accent. People love the yeah, accent. Yeah. I miss this accent. So, yeah, keep I, talking. I, I know when I was over in the States, um, uh, a lady was making me a milkshake, I think, at the time. And uh, she was shaking away at that milkshake and saying, I love that English accent. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It's yeah. true. I bet it was a damn good milkshake, too. She put some, It was a damn good milkshake, yeah. She put some love into that milkshake. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so Richard, you, you go all over the world. I, I, I Kind of ask. I kind of want to ask a simplistic question. Where all have you been? We mentioned Alcatraz, but you, you've been yeah. around a lot. So I've what been, are you? I've been to yeah Australia, Hawaii, Vietnam, um, Malaysia, all all over. You know, um, I went on a, a massive journey right around the world, and um, I decided what I wanted to do was kind of get stories from the local people about their experience of mm -hmm. ghosts, see what their take on it was. I mean, in Vietnam, it's 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 interesting how they have almost like this belief in the vampire, you know? Oh, um, okay. And um, they, they, they've got houses on stilts and where they got the houses on stilts, they actually, um, they've got a, it's like a vampire um, demon, apparently that turns up and it's, um, it's a head and the rest of the body is all, well, it sounds gross, but the entrails, mm. you know, oh. it's all her intestines sticking out of the bottom and she's supposed to be like a vampire. And apparently what they do is where their house is on stilts, they um, put shards of glass on the stilts. So that if she does come up, her entrails will get torn away from her body. So it's quite wow. a, quite a gross story, wow. but, um, but they have, you know, and it's completely different to the way we think of things. And, you know, um, I think that's what's interesting. I think, um, you know, looking at Europe and looking at the States and looking at the world and comparing their their take on ghost running. That, that is really interesting. We had a, a case like that when I was in Ireland in one of the interviews from somebody who was from another country, not Ireland, uh, but they were spending their time in Ireland and they had their own particular story to tell. And then they were able to relay that to what their folklore is yeah, in their yeah. particular country. And for as many, you know, differences, there are just as many similarities. And even with there the are, vampire. There you know, are. And, you know, I think, I think what's a shame, what well, almost a shame um, is when you go to these countries and you see where modern day um, it's been Christianized, it's got a Christian country. And um, sometimes they're almost afraid to talk about their old beliefs, which is, to me, a little bit of a shame, and it's good yes. to to go back and, you know, I mean, we all know what what happened to um, witchcraft in the past and right. the terrible persecution of women um, and and men as well um, over in in Europe and and the 
the fact that people just didn't understand, you know, didn't understand that, you know, these these were women just wanted to live their lives. There were cunning folk that could cure the odd ailment or, or illness and, you know, just traditional wise woman, you know, and, and not what they uh, wanted to portray as. Yeah, you, you studied uh, witchcraft uh, quite a bit here. So what do you think is the thing that people tend to forget the most about what happened during those times with people uh, who were convicted of witchcraft? I think, I think people, um, people kind of almost, um, I think what they, the biggest thing they've not learned from the lesson they've not learned from is the ignorance because, um, you know, what it was, was, you know, you had the wise woman or a woman on her own in a, in a village and, you know, somebody was taken ill and it was all, all put on that poor woman and she was the one that had cursed them and, you know, she was then accused of witchcraft and, um, you know, um, then you look at today in, in Africa where, um, sadly, there's still that kind of ignorance where children have been murdered because of because of witchcraft. So that ignorance is still there. Wow. You know, it's still in modern society. And um, I think, you know, it's a shame we haven't kind of moved on from that, really. Well, the unfortunate aspect of it is that there wasn't, to my knowledge, and I'm sure you're more well-versed in this than I am, so please correct me if I'm wrong, but for the most part, pagans or witches, whichever you want to call them, they yeah, could be the same, yes. they could be different, um, they were relatively left alone until Christianity was being spread. And the thing that people need to know about being a pagan is all it means is country dweller, which means you didn't have any money because you traded, you traded candles for goats and chickens for, for seeds or stones. And, and that is how your community was ran. And there was no money in that to give to the church. So the pagans were relatively left alone. It still goes on. Yeah. mm -hmm. Because very much so because religion almost has this kind of, um, they believe that everything that's done, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a ghost group locally um, in England that's gone to a, to a church. And um, now they've had vandals go there and they vandalized the place. Now I, I know that this ghost group has gone there and suddenly because they found out they were a ghost group, the local church people have put Satan worshipers um, come to church and, you know, it's been desecrated by these people. And I'm thinking, no, 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 it's, you know, they're not Satan worshippers. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're people that are, um, you know, I'm not saying I agree with them probably going there without permission. And I'm totally against that completely. But um, I think there is this kind of, you know, not understanding the paranormal, not understanding that kind of side of it. And anything that's beyond Christianity does give us that, that what that gives them the worry, doesn't it? Exactly. You know? Well, the pentagram does not now, has not ever, nor will it probably ever be an indicator of evil. It's protection it, as well. Right. It, it was very protection. much a, yeah, very much a, it was an amulet of protection and, and people forget that, you know. Do, are you familiar with the place called Nine Lady Stone Circle? I've heard of it, yeah. Not okay. been there, but I've, yeah. Um, I've actually remote viewed for there and interesting tale, I'll tell you another time. It's too long for here. But, after I remote viewed for a team that was there, I went to sleep because I was exhausted. Sure. And I woke up, I sat straight up in bed, and I was like, there's no friggin' way. It hit me in a dream. And I've looked all over the internet and couldn't find anything that would discount this, but nothing that had ever said this was accurate. Nine Lady Stone Circle 
is a pentagram. Yeah. It is. It is a perfect formation for a pentagram. And that actually let that gave credibility to what happened during the, the, the fellows investigation when they were there, because the center of the, of that stone circle was just a vortex of energy. Sure. Yeah. You know, but yeah, once I, they stepped outside of it, they were fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I, when I went to, um, Pendle Hill, which is in, in, in England. And obviously um, that was where a lot of witch trials happened um, yes. in the 1600s. And, um, you know, I, I felt the energy in Pendle Hill. You know, I, I, I'm not, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit, people say I'm a sensitive, mm -hmm. you know, that I'm very sensitive to things. Um, and I think I probably am, you know, I, I, I didn't open up or, or I've not gone down that route. I've always been a researcher, but um even from a child, I've had that kind of experience. And when I was there, I mean, I, the, the funny thing was I was in a particular area and I can remember I was in the car and um, suddenly for whatever reason, I wanted to get away from that area. And, um, but I didn't feel it was the, the witches. I felt it was the people that had persecuted the, the anger, the, the, you know, the energy around there was so negative and, it was almost emotional, you know, and I saw a lady that wrote, wrote a book about the, um, the witch, the Pendle Hill witches there. Um, her name's Mary Sherrod. She's written a fantastic book and it really is real. You know, um, there are so many TV shows that make out the witchcraft was evil and mm -hmm. they, you know, they were sacrificing children and, you know, they give a real completely Hollywood slant on everything and it's completely wrong. It's it's funny because I, I saw this meme the other day that says, just to let you guys know, witches don't eat children. We don't like spoiled food. And I mean, that just, <laughs> I'm like, says thank you. Thank you. Exactly. That says it all, you know. Come on, I mean, Vanessa, I want to see where the ward is on your nose, too. Not on my nose, but it's right there. Oh, geez. <laughs> it's, that's my mole. That's my that's witch's mole. mole right there. And I that's have a lucky had, witch's mole. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So that, that, that's where that's where the devil's been suckling, right? Yeah. Uh, apparently yeah. so. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> that's my, where the imp was. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. my face nipple right there. Yeah. <laughs> right there. Um, <laughs> I can't believe I just said that, but true story. Um, but no, it's just we're we're the healers, like you said, the wise women. Whenever anyone has a problem, even to this day, Richard, people will come to me with a problem. Yeah, And then when I can fix the problem, because I know things I shouldn't know, all of a sudden I'm going to burn in hell. So for people who think that this doesn't still happen, believe me, it yeah. does yeah. every day. Unfortunately, it does. It does. Yeah. I'm so glad that somebody like you researches it and can spread proper information. It is very, I mean, I don't know what it's like. It probably is in the States. Um, Sometimes it's very difficult in England, and if you do talks, um, you're going to do talks about witchcraft or folklore, you will get the odd one or two that will turn up for the wrong reasons, and they'll yeah. be there, you know, just to say, um, I'm just going to give you this Bible track, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to pray for you and, um, you know, and everything else. And um, I was brought up in a very religious family, and, and trust me, um, I've seen the other side of religion, so, <laughs> so right. I know. Um, you but know see, you that's, I was born, baptized, and raised a Catholic. So yeah. when somebody tells when somebody tells me that they're going to pray for me, I say thank you. Yeah. Because I even if their intentions are not pure, my soul 
and my heart chooses to accept it as pure. Sure, sure. And that's that's what I think we all need to do. Just because somebody says something derogative that, that they mean is being derogative doesn't mean we have to take it that way. And yep. I, it's those small steps, I think, that change the way people view things. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you, Mike, I have seen um, – you, you mentioned about shadow people. Yeah. Um, I have actually experienced um, my, that myself. Okay, I'd be interested to hear your story. Yeah, I was um, – well, funnily enough, it was my uh, – it was my first honeymoon, believe it or not. I mean, oh, this wow. bit. Um, my, my, Shadow my people on the honeymoon. Wife. Wait a minute. It's supposed to just my be you and the wi- missus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my first wife, and we're not married now, so I don't know what that means. But um, it was, I mean, I was in this, um, we were at this uh, hotel place, and I suddenly saw what I can only describe as a shadow in the area. and looked like a monk. Hmm. And okay. it came over and. Um, I knew it wasn't sleep paralysis because it comes to move my arm and everything like you said oh, okay. about the same thing. So I had the same kind of feeling. I, the thing I kicked myself about, and I'm trying to go back and research, is to find out if there was any link to a monastery to that particular place. Right. But what I will say about the shadow thing was there was no features. It was just a, a dark shadow, and it looked like the hood of a, a monk. And, yeah, just all but black. I have seen, no, no eyes, yeah. no nose, no mouth, nothing. Yeah. But the yeah. hood is interesting. Okay. Yeah. And you but said, I, okay, I, so it touched your arm. Did it actually like move your arm or anything like that? Well, I feel, I felt it touch my arm and, I, and then I just got up like you did when you told okay. your story. And yeah. I kind of panicked quite a bit actually and got out of bed to look and it almost disappeared into what there was a kind of cupboard area. So went into that area and then it just gone and disappeared. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, there are other stories of, you know, people being touched or, you know, having their limbs manipulated, but it's not as common. Usually they're just, you know, kind of standing there or what have you. So that's, that's really interesting. Now, Richard, did you feel like, did you feel scared about that because it felt scary or just because it was unknown? I think of the... Because that was a long time ago now, I think uh, I did, at that particular moment, I felt fear, yeah. Um, I don't often get that because, um, you know, I'm in locations on my own and I kind of have to have the right presence of mind when I do do it. Um, But, you know, there are the rare occasions when something will come along and I think this isn't right, you know, I've got to go or, you know, it's, it's different, you know, and um, that was that particular moment. I did feel real fear there. Yeah. Okay. And, And you were, you were straight up awake for this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and nose paralysis. That, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, because, I, because I've spoken to people, obviously, with um, sleep paralysis. And, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it happens, and that's the thing that I try to tell people is, you know, sleep paralysis and seeing a shadow person are two different things. They can happen at the same time, but they're actually two different phenomena. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> that's I'm really trying interesting. To think, I'm trying to think of how to ask this question because I, okay. I don't think you've already asked it or answered it. Um Considering your journey, yeah. was there one particular instance where you were just like, I came in a skeptic, but damn, <laughs> that has changed my course. Right do, you know what the, do you know what the funny thing is? I was going out, going to all these places, and I actually found the answer at home um, in a personal way, because that's often the case with researchers 
when you lose somebody, it's very personal to you. And I think it, and, and I think we always have to be aware of that when we do researching, you know, and how it can affect people. And what was funny was my father-in-law never left a will. Um, and um, so we had to sort out his will um, a little while back. And I remember his name was Ken. And I remember saying to him, Ken, I've got to sort all this out. And suddenly my iPhone started ringing a number and it's on the floor. And um, I looked and thought, well, it's ringing the local cemetery um, where he, where he, you know, we had um, taken his body. And I smiled to myself because that was the sort of joke he would have. I'm not here now. You're going to have to ring the cemetery. That's exactly how he was. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. And um, I looked and thought, was it, was it Siri? You know, did I, mm-hmm. was it a last number I called? You know, um, was it this, was it, and, it, and I could not find any rec- record of Siri. Siri was completely off. And there was no record of me calling that number. So that was something that will always stay with me because it was very personal to me. And um, and I think that's often the case. You know, we, we, right. go, we go out researching and then suddenly we see something. That's, another time was um, I can remember as a child, I was a teenager, like anyone having a row with the parents. <laughs> and my great uncle, who I was very, very close to, he had this old grandfather clock. And I was um, determined to go out and have a good time that night. And my parents were telling me off. And I can remember arguing, suddenly the clock's chiming upstairs and it hadn't chimed. It had been broken as far as we know. And my mum turned around and said, that's your great uncle talking to you. Oh, wow. And I can remember that as clear as day. So, yeah, wow. often those, those are the things that make us think, wow, what's going on? Yeah, yeah it's absolutely. A, I think it's a comforting feeling. I really do. Yeah, I've, yeah. I, I wish more people did. I think that they're so busy looking for the scare that they're missing so many things that are right in front of them. Yeah, I, think that's I always passed. enjoyed it when when my grandfather would come around before my grandmother passed away and he'd come and visit. And so I always you know, enjoyed that. And my uncle who passed away a few years ago, he keeps coming around. So yeah, it's, it's yeah, those... Yeah. You know, it's those little things that, yeah, it's it's supernatural, it's paranormal, what have you, but and it's I, not I, scary. Exactly. No, and I think I think you've got the finger on the button there, where you say that so many people do it for the fear. They yeah. do it to be Again, scared. trying to get a jump scare. Yeah. 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 And um, you know, it's it's all the wrong reasons, you know, because um, naturally we've all got that in us that we want a little bit of a fright now and then. But you know, when you're doing it for just that reason, you you're completely off the target. You know. You want fright? Look at my cable bill. there you go okay there are plenty of things out there that that can give us that same feeling but when we're talking about something so personal as to somebody's death yeah i think it needs to be looked at in a much much different fashion oh yeah yeah well let me ask you this richard since we're we're talking about this you know your approach to investigating and asking uh, spirits questions um, you know to me it's disrespectful when we start talking about that person's death and you know, I've been on investigations where the investigators been like well you know you're dead right and to me yeah, that's yeah. that's very disrespectful so what's your approach when you start talking uh, to these different spirits 100%. Hundred percent. They, they, they. Sometimes, um, I know that name's been used to death, the ghost whisperer. But they often call me the ghost whisperer because my my granddad was a bit of a horse whisperer. He used to calm the horses down. And when I speak to um, 
you know, um, alleged spirit. And uh, I always speak with respect and I always speak to them about, you know, trying to get to what may be, what they did in life, what, mm-hmm. what emotions they have. Um, I mean, I, I, I know that this is done to death on television, but sometimes I will play a piece of music if I think it's a relevant okay. period of time. Sure. And I feel that's a little gift to them almost because yeah. the, when you do play the music, you almost get that feeling that everything's coming alive, you know, because music means so much to people. But um, I, I'm 100% with you. When you turn around and saying, do you know you're dead and you're, you're provoking people and, right. and, and doing all those kind of things? You know, it's, you know, these are people that once lived, you know, and yeah. um, you've got to go there with respect. You've got to show respect. And, um, you know, um, there may be times you have to be firm if somebody, if you've got an investigator with you and somebody feels that something's coming to, towards them that they're really frightened of or, or uneasy with. And you've got to be a bit firm with, with whatever it is then. But, you know, it can all be done in the, in the right way, definitely. Um, we, I have actually dealt with that on a, on a very personal level. Um, Gwen Clapper, Chris Loper and myself were at probably the worst location I've ever been at. Yeah. And I'm normally the one that gets jumped this particular time. Gwen got jumped. Uh, if me and Chris hadn't have kept our heads about us and all of this was caught on tape, all of it. Um, if we hadn't have kept our heads about us, it could have become a very dire situation. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, the biggest advice I could give to anybody that's out there investigating with anyone, make sure that your people at least have a little bit of sanity in them, a little bit of self-control and make sure that they can handle situations like this. Cause if they can't, yeah, it's going to go, it's going to go South and it's going to go South in a hurry. And, and certainly make sure they're not intoxicated and, you know, Absolutely, you know, 100%. Because I've seen, um, I've seen so many things go wrong with that, you know. And, um, if you and also it's state of mind, you know, if you're going to go on an event or you're going to go out on an event, just be aware of the people and their states of mind and make sure they're in the right state of mind when they go out because, you know, it, it can be a very we all know well, what we know as investigators and researchers that when we've gone out a member of the team can suddenly just out of nowhere start crying and get very emotional and picking up the emotions of somebody. And, um, you know, you've got to be careful the people you've got with me, with you and make sure, you know, that that they can um, deal with that. They need to be solid. Yeah. Yeah. And people need to have the balls to stand up and say, this isn't for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I do want to get some of the uh, questions from the chat. I've been collecting them. There's a, they're starting to pile up a little bit, so <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to knock out two at one time here. This from Lambie Pie 25. Uh, when we were talking before about um, you know you and your world travels, uh, she wanted to know what country or area seems the most haunted to you. And Tim Schoen was asking your favorite place that you've investigated. Those kind of go together. So, yeah, sure. Um, I would probably say um, my favorite place was um, Australia. I went to the Sydney quarantine station. Um, which is in um, Sydney, and that is a fantastic place. It's in a place called Manly, which is, you know, part in, in, in Sydney. And it wasn't an Aboriginal burial ground. And um, oh, okay. it's it's an old... What happened when people came over to Australia to, you know, when they emigrated over to Australia, they were held in the quarantine station, and there's been rumours of all sorts of ghosts there. And, and walking around the area, it's just so atmospheric, and it's kept exactly as it was, that old hospital kind of thing you can see the the old nurses uniforms and um it was fantastic i mean one funny thing i'll say there 
is they did put me in one area and there was a spider directly above me. Mm. And uh, I turned around and said, forget the ghost for me. I said, uh, this is Australia. That spider isn't uh, <laughs> isn't poisonous <laughs> by any chance. Right. But uh, that was just a funny sight. Yeah, and luckily the spider wasn't. So, um, But no, no, Australia and, um, and, and probably... Um, probably vietnam and it's very difficult i mean the, the, again vietnam is an amazing place right um you know you you go around vietnam see the local villages and um and america samoa i'm, I'm giving you a couple here sorry america no, samoa america samoa i went to a village and there was um they call a a ghost uh, um an a2 that's a-i-t-u i believe mm. it is a-y-t-u a2 it's pronounced and that's what a polynesian um, ghost is known as and um basically i went to the village and one girl that they first of all they were saying no 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 we don't talk about that because we're all uh, christians now we we don't talk about ghosts and everything else and um this village um chief his daughter called me over and said um can i have a quick word and i said yeah that's that's fine and you know i'm very respectful of you know people don't want to talk about it so no i do want to talk about it she said i have actually seen the A2 and I've seen um, the ghost appear in my village and um, you know it appeared in my village and walked through the village and oh, wow. you know that was that was fascinating just to get that the first hand experience no oh, absolutely um, this is from Zippy Davis he says I believe in letting people rest in peace but what if they passed away in war without giving their final word what's your thoughts on that I think yes I, I 100%, 100% um, agree that um you know, if ever we go to um, locations, and I, I, I do, I struggle with it sometimes because, you know, we don't want to be um, upsetting anyone and disturbing places that that, that that don't need to be investigated because, you know, we don't want to be um, because people should be left in peace. Um, but yeah. when there, but when there is a location and something's going on, it's worth researching and and then it's looking at it in the the, the way of um, if you've got somebody that I mean I'm not a medium, I'm not a psychic, but but you know if um, I've got somebody that works with me that is, if she feels that that person needs help, she's there to a you know be able to give that advice and um, and help them move forward. Good, good. Um, from Tom McNicholas, are there any hauntings or locations from the Roman Inquisition? I haven't come across them. I've heard a few Roman ghosts up in York. Probably Vanessa, you've probably heard about that. But um, I've seen I've, them. You've seen them. Yeah. 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 Apparently, people have seen like the feet, <laughs> almost the feet, almost of Roman soldiers up in York. I mean, that's because obviously, if they're on a different level or ground level, they're still on that level that may have moved but what did you see vanessa um i actually saw them from uh just around their pelvic area up yeah yeah and i've seen some people talk about the heads they just see the heads. yeah yeah because and and, and richard made a very good point because the uh the the geography of the land the the depth of the land that they were walking on was much lower at that time yeah yeah so it's every with everything being built upon and and you know exactly. dirt brought yeah. in. So what? Yeah, I saw them from right about their their pelvic area up, and I saw them marching. Yeah, but that'll yeah. probably be more of a residual haunt, some yes. captured energy. Yeah, rather than intelligent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So since you were uh, you've been to Alcatraz, B three airspace was wondering uh, about the tunnels under Alcatraz and what your feelings are about them. I never got to the tunnels. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> um, so really difficult for me to give my um, 
my take on the tunnels. Um, I did go to D Block and spent time in D Block, and um, I felt the atmosphere there, like you know, um, of, of um, being enclosed and everything else that you get in those kind of areas. I didn't really pick up much, um, you know, um, but um, I do want to go back definitely. Um, but no, I never got to the tunnels, so um, that's something um, I would love to love to do. And I, to be honest, I don't know a lot about, you know, that I've not researched the the tunnels of Alcatraz so that would okay. be interesting yeah it would be it would be yeah uh, Robert Hanna was wondering if you've ever been to or interested in visiting Pavilia Island in Italy is that the island in Italy I know there's an island in Italy where they took the plague yeah it was the old that, quarantine that, island yeah yeah is that the one yeah the, that's the one again, I think yeah yeah I definitely want to do that yeah. uh, it's funny you should say that that's one I've been looking at quite recently actually i'd forgot the name then and i've um been thinking would it be fantastic just to go there you know on the island over there and just um you know just see what you get there um i mean i don't know vanessa that would be interesting if you could yeah. feel something in a place like that yeah. because um, i mean the emotions I, must be great you know they are um i was in mary king's close and yeah. in scotland a similar situation they were just everything was just built on top of them and it's weird because you know they died from the plague. Yeah. They know they died from the plague. But it, they do their darndest to act with as much to, normality as possible. Sure. <laughs> they really do. It's almost as if they're trying to make you feel comfortable. Yeah. Which is very touching when you think of it. So it, it's uh, when I've dealt with areas that, that have dealt with plague or famine, I, I, I do have to deal with it but not the same as if I'm on a battlefield. Do you find afterwards the energy, um, you know, picking up on this emotion and feeling, do you feel like you're drained for days, weeks 100%. afterwards? 100%. Um, when I was yeah. in Ireland, I actually got so affected that my left eye was trying to pull into pointing at my yeah. nose. I couldn't control yeah. it. Um, I mean, I've, it's I've it's had dangerous. It for, I've had it for weeks after, you know, um, the effects and feeling drained and tired and, and, and also the, the, some places, the emotion yes. has got so intense. Cause I said to one, one lady that went out as a researcher, I said, please think carefully about if you want to do this because she got so depressed with it. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of your own mental well being. you know, um, she did in the end, she doesn't do it anymore. You know, um, she found that she used to get drained so much with it and so emotional that um, I think it was wise that she kind of um, stepped back from it. It takes, it takes a lot of self-reflection and, and knowing when to say no and knowing how yeah. to take care of yourself to be able to get through it. And it took me a long time to get to the point to where I feel okay doing this. Sure. It really sure. did. Yeah, if, you, if you get a sponsor for that Italy trip, <laughs> double tickets, dude, yeah, I'm going with yeah. you. I think all three of us could, you know. There yeah, you yeah, go. I'd love Let's to go. go. Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. Yeah. Um, on that note, uh, Richard, Shauna was wondering what you do or what you use for a para hangover after investigating. For a hangover after investigating, um, probably um, I just have a good watch a good movie, <laughs> um, try to um, completely unwind from it. Um, a McDonald's on the way home. <laughs> uh, even though i'm trying to be healthy it's you know um i'm afraid the uh the big mac always calls to you after a after investigation 
Right. Chocolate works really well too. Yeah, yeah we we good. use dark chocolate. Yeah, that, that and does yeah. Work really well. Nachos. Don't let don't yeah. yeah don't don't knock it. Nachos. Well, I'm just thinking. I, I mean, I like nachos. I like dark chocolate just together. It seems a little. I, I yeah, yeah, I get, I get you on that one. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a mixture. Dude. <laughs> yeah. right. I get it. I get it. Um, Sharon Lane was wondering: Does paranormal activity accelerate when there's a lot of stress in a home? It's a good question. I think a lot of people are still trying to find the answers to that. I think um, somebody like Vanessa would probably know, been um, you know, picking up things. I mean, I would say as a researcher that there used there is sometimes a lot of evidence that that happens. Um, it's almost like um, the stone tape theory or recording in, you know, uh, residual energy, you know, picking up the building, picks up that emotion. Um, I mean, I've been to some places that I've not been aware of because when I go out and I do the ghost challenge, I, I don't want to know the history. Even though I'm not a medium, I don't want to hmm. go there with the what, what's been shown on television or anything else. And I went to one location and I felt really, really unease and felt a real lot of stress in that area not been a medium not been a psychic was very interesting and then i was told that somebody was murdered in that area so yeah i I think they probably can yeah you're you're absolutely right um i will not disclose the location because it's coming in a future episode but sure gwen and i I were at a particular location that had seen so much death and so much heartache and to try to cover up this, they tried to make this place into a happy place. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody avoided it. Yeah. Nobody would step on it. Nobody would go anywhere near it. Um, it, you could still feel it vibrating out of the ground. So absolutely it can leave its. Well, the the funny thing is when I was a child, um, my um, my mother went through various illness and I was looked after by another family. And I remember they were a fantastic family. They really looked after me. No problems with the family, so there's no worries there. But there was a particular room in their house I would not go near. And um, uh, the, the house isn't that far from me. And I'm trying to kind of do a bit of research on it and find out if something occurred in that home long before because I felt that as a child. I just, it, and you know, that was long before you, even got influenced as a researcher and i just felt that kind of shiver and you know real i don't want to go in that room you know this sounds really weird but was there a a running body of water near that house not near there no no to not far away though not far away no within a within a mile maybe two yeah 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 yeah. um it has to do with that and I know that yeah. sounds really bizarre <laughs> sure. and less and less to do with the house itself and more yeah. to do with the ground that it's on. And it has to yeah. do with somebody who drowned somebody in that water. Yeah. Okay. That's good. So just let me yeah. know. You're on my Yeah, page. I will definitely let you yeah. know that one. Yeah. <laughs> A question here from Shauna Richard. She was wondering if you've encountered any fey activity. No, I haven't. Um, but I, you know, I know it's very much uh, an activity that that, that that's um, that that is. Um, but I've, I've not particularly myself. No. It's something that I wonder about because yeah, um, we've experienced something that may have been a fairy. We don't really know for certain. Yeah. Um, and so when that happened, started doing a little research. It was very difficult for us to research that because it 
of all the legend and folklore. Sure. And you have studied folklore, so my question to you is, you know, how do you how do you as a researcher get through all of those stories and get to those original original nuggets of truth? Because you know, just for instance, with the the Fae and the fairies, you have People write books about their, you know, social hierarchy yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, I mean, who sat down with the fairy to ask them how their social structure was? <laughs> so what do you do as a researcher to try to get to those original grains of truth? It's very difficult, um, you know, because that, that you know, folklore is, is, is very much what's yeah. been passed down for the ages. And trying to get to the traditional one is sometimes you find that when a lot of these um, folklores started, they we were so long ago to you need to actually get to the original witnesses to to get the real story but i go back a lot in time when i research it i go to a lot of the um the original people um i forget the name there's a reverend that was uh, saban baron the name escapes me he, he was um researching folklore a very very long time ago and i read a lot of his books and mm. I research a lot of his work um with fairies, I mean, the, the thing about that is people often think, you know, it's an interesting subject because, um, you know, people immediately think of the fairies on television and Hollywood and, you know, right. and, and it's, it's, it's nothing like that. I mean, um, you know, they're, they're, some people thought they were almost like demons, you know, and and um, there was demolo- demonology behind it. And, um, you know, there was a lot of belief in um there's a lot of belief up in Norway still of, of hidden folk and, hmm. you know, up, up that way and uh, very much going into this sort of uh, animism and the, the elementals and, you know, those kind of those kind of things. It's a very interesting subject, which I'm still researching on. I mean, I've gone to witchcraft, but right. that's one that I do find fascinating because, you know, it does come up a lot. Well, and the term, the elementals, actually didn't come into, what, the 17th or 18th century? Yeah, right about then it was then. Yeah, and it was actually, yeah. um, um, I don't know what the term was for an alchemist at the time, that was actually putting, um, trying to put medicines or particular herbs together. Yeah. And what he was trying to do was actually apply an element to this particular potion, for lack of a better way of putting it. And it, people seem to have run with the idea of the elementals thinking that they have been here all this time when, in fact, they are made up by an alchemist. Yeah. Yeah. In the 17th century. So I'm it's often, the, mm-hmm. it's often the case. It's often, you know, something more modern that has kind of made the story more, um, more doable now. And, um, and that, that, that can be the problem with it. Yeah. But do you think there's a lot of modern created mythology that's starting to work itself into some of these stories or even, you know, creating new entities like Elemental being a, a newer type one? Do you, you see that happening a lot still? You've got, I mean, you've still got the urban legends, haven't you, that, yeah. that still go on. I mean, you've got the, you know, and I've heard the story about um, somebody said to me, did you hear about um, this man that executed his, um, this person, this woman executed somebody in the back of a car. And then you realized it wasn't a woman. It was a man dressed up with a wig. And, you know, you say, well, I've heard that murder story, you know, passed down and, you know, thing. I, th- I think it's still probably going on. Yeah. I mean, um, what was quite funny about um, stories is um, we were in a, a haunted church um, a long time back and um, we were praying the hymn Jerusalem. And I turned around and said to somebody, all you need now is it's pitch black here, somebody to turn up and hear the sound Jerusalem coming out of this deserted church. Or well, they think it's deserted, don't know we're in there. And then you've got the story for uh, that mm-hmm. church is haunted. <laughs> so, you know. That's very true. Right. 
That's uh, very true. A question here from Nick Moulet. He says that I've heard that parts of the UK are said to have what are called fairy paths, and it's said that if you block a path, bad luck is supposed to occur. Have you encountered that? I've heard the saying, but okay. um, I've not actually encountered it myself. But I have heard, I've heard about it. But again, this is something I need to research more on with folklore, the fairy side of stories and that. Um, you know, um, I, I, I've definitely heard that that, that saying. Okay. Yeah. All right, so the rumor is out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the one thing that seems to be the common denominator in the majority of the of the tales that you hear about the Fae is that they're tricksters. Yeah. You know, Tinkerbell, they are not, you know, when it comes to this cute little thing with wings and it sprinkles fairy dust and everybody's all happy. That that nothing could be further from the truth. No. <laughs> you know? No, yeah. <laughs> so um, if I if I was going to study something like that, and Richard, you and I talked about this, about you getting over to Ireland, um, I would probably hit the oldest pub known in the world, I believe, and that's Sean's. Sean's, yeah. Sean's. And uh, they're, bound, they're bound to have some historical stuff that would be very, very, very interesting to read. I believe they've They've been in business for over 900 years. That's interesting. I think I think that's somewhere I'm going to yeah. go and visit because that's you know I say, I mean I said I haven't I don't know if the the view uh, the listeners heard that but you know living in England all my life going around the world and Ireland's the one place I haven't been to so uh, <laughs> I know, you know it's like right next door. <laughs> yeah, it's like a 50 pound ticket. <laughs> you can you can fly far cheaper than around the world. Right. Yeah, you can you can go from Manchester to Belfast. <laughs> For fifty pounds, okay. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> well, we're winding down to the end of the show. So, Richard, how can people um, discover more about you, your investigations, and everything that you're up to and doing? Yeah, sure. Um, they can look me up um, www.theghostchallenger.co.uk. They can also find me at Real Richard Case on Twitter. I think that's what my uh, Twitter handle is. Always difficult to find a good Twitter handle. Um, and they can also find me on Facebook uh, on my page. And um, I'm looking at going back and doing challenges. At the moment, I've been doing a lot of um, lectures and talks and a lot of radio. So um, there's going to be a new YouTube channel hopefully coming out. And I'm even thinking of podcasting myself. So oh, good, uh, good. Lot of now, we we yeah. do have some viewers over in the UK. So is there a particular lecture coming up they can find you at? Yeah, there's uh, one going to be at the. Um, it's going to be. At, you know, I forgot the name of the place now. That's great, isn't it? That's <laughs> uh, starting to um, starting to uh, get to that age, you know, of my life and time of the morning. And um, it's a little early over there. Everybody, you need to realize it's about three thirty in the morning over there. Yeah. Cleveland Pier, that's it. Cleveland Pier. I had to think about that. Cleveland Pier, the wonderful Victorian Pier that I did a challenge on um, where they had a ghost. And um, I'm going to do a lecture at, at Cleveland Pier in um, near Bristol. So uh, that's going to be one place they can come and visit and listen. Oh, fantastic. Very cool. All right, Richard, we really appreciate having you on the show. We'll definitely have to have you back. It, the hour yeah. went Thank quick. Thank you. Yeah. It did. <laughs> Thank you. Enjoyed it. It's been wonderful. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. And get some rest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go to bed. Thanks, guys. All right. Have a great Thank night. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.